Hello and welcome to Betcast. Uh, my name's Kat Wilkinson. Um, I am a small animal general practitioner working in a one vet clinic and I have set up this podcast in order to allow other general practitioners who want to keep up to date with veterinary news and topics um, to catch up with some of that CPD uh, whilst on the go. Um, if you're busy, don't have time to do all your CPD or all the, the reading that you want to do, um, either as actual reading or as webinars, um, then maybe this is the podcast for you. You can have a little listen on the on the way home or on your way into a busy day at work. Um, so this week, uh, what I'm going to do is do a roundup of some of the veterinary news um, that's out there this week in, in January, so January 2018. Um, and hopefully this just gives you an opportunity to hear a little bit about um, what's going out there in the, the veterinary world, allow you just to keep fully up to date and get involved in the bits that you want to get involved in. Um, so this week it's the last chance to uh, become part of the, the big picture, as it's being called, um, with the Royal College of Veterinary Surgeons. They've got a consultation running at the moment looking at graduate outcomes. Um, it was launched on the 15th of November, but the deadline just four days away on uh, the 18th of January. Um, over a thousand people have responded so far, uh, but they're looking obviously for as many as possibly can. Um, they want all vets, nurses, students, all to have an opinion on how veterinary students are both educated, trained, and then as new graduates, how they're supported in practice. So in particular, they've got four key areas they want to be having a look at. Um, the day one competencies, um, the professional development phase during that first year as a new graduate, um, the extramural studies as a student, um, and then how the education is getting the balance right between general practice education and more specialist uh, practice um, and if you take part you never know you could even win a hundred pounds of book vouchers um, so maybe that's worth taking part in this week. The other thing the RCVS are running at the moment um, is the Mind Matters initiative and um, hopefully you will have heard of this already um, veterinary mental health is obviously such a big topic um, now it's so long been neglected that anything we can do to improve this area is, is much welcomed um, the mind matters initiative was launched in 2015 it's funded and run by the royal college of veterinary surgeons um, and they're running all sorts of different ways to to get involved um, the webinar vet has got a, a series of webinars on their pre-congress day that are being funded by the RCVS so you could log on to them at the webinar vet um, that's on the 18th of January um, otherwise there's multiple dates on the website for the Mind Matters initiative for resilience training days again these are supported and funded by the RCVS um, they count towards your CPD um, and they're completely free um, so well worth finding out a little bit more information and whether that's something for, for you, either because you're struggling yourself or to make sure that you can provide support for, for other practitioners. Um, for some of the areas where the dates are already getting filled up, the RCBS have already put a waiting list. So even if there's not something right now, 
um, if you put your name down, they'll let you know when, when the right sort of scheme comes up. Um, this week, the BVA has been trying to raise awareness of their canine health scheme. Um, something most of us will probably be aware of with the um, hip dysplasia and elbow dysplasia schemes, um, the one for syringomyelia and uh, the hereditary eye diseases. Um, but they've done a study and uh, over 70% of vets either very often or always saw puppies without the relevant pre-mating screening tests and that's quite shocking really but realistically I think that's what reflects in, in my clinical practice. I find most owners aren't really aware of um, the fact that they should have gone to a breeder with health testing as long as they've seen a cute set of puppies to be honest by the time they've walked into that door they're, they're ready to buy um, and so if we can you know, get to an owner before they've purchased, um, then and make them aware of these canine health schemes, then that's so important. Um, something I wasn't fully aware of, the, the health schemes um, run for both pedigrees and crossbreeds. Um, this has become all the more relevant with Cavapoos and Labradoodles and all those sorts of breeds, uh, well, crossbreeds. Uh, becoming more and more fashionable um, there that we still want to be supporting the, the health of those uh, those dogs. Um, and they can be used as pre-breeding screens or also health testing in dogs that have got uh, current issues. Um, then the tests are available for, for those particular pets. Um, so whilst the BVA have been doing that, they've also jumped on the bandwagon a little bit this week uh, they have mentioned the fact that um, they've tweeted about National Obesity Awareness Week now this is a, a human awareness week but whilst there is going to be lots of information and support out there for that human awareness week um, it's no bad thing to use that as a as a platform to raise the issue with our clients and to have a look at you know things that we can do um canine and feline obesity is such a major welfare concern um it ranks very highly in in what vets worry about most with our um small animal patients um so that awareness week runs from the 9th to the 15th of january and so if you have any pets in through the door this week then maybe you can use that as a way of um bringing it to the topic of conversation um at the end of this week there's also the the webinar vet virtual congress um already signed up it's over a five thousand um vets and nurses um so a massively important thing on the veterinary calendar this year um the actual congress runs on the 19th and 20th of january but there's a pre-congress day on the 18th um, BVA members um, can also register for that pre-congress day for only £20. Um, so might well be if you've got a BVA member membership, um, logging on and having a look at whether um, it's something you want to sign up to. Um, you get the option of listening live or listening in your own time. So um, having a watch of those 
uh, webinars might be really, really healthy for you, helpful for you. <laughs> um, that BVA sponsored one on the pre-Congress day, it's a uh, One Health uh, topic and oncology. Um, and then on the other days, there's small, more small animal um, stuff going on. Um, one company that's really interesting this week is one called uh, Vet Dynamics. Um, they have released an article this week on um, the first in a series of articles, which will be looking at how to start up a veterinary practice completely from scratch, completely independently, totally away from uh, some of the other uh, groups that are are out there. Um, obviously you know, for a lot of people that might be really, really interesting. So if that's something that, you know, you have been thinking about, well worth checking out that article. Um, but by Dynamics, they are a company providing CPD and support for, for independence, so uh, might be worth exploring them. Uh, they also, they've got a business boot camp running 11th, uh, 10th and 11th of May, um, so maybe have a little look at um, that as something this week next there's been um many will be aware that the isfm uh run the the feline friendly practice schemes um but now they've just recently launched um cat friendly courses for individuals which i think this is a great idea because sometimes um you can't necessarily get the whole practice on board um to make a change you can only look at influencing um yourself depending on your your role within the clinic um and so by learning and educating yourself you can then uh look to educate your colleagues and change the actual the practice as a whole um so they're running the cat friendly courses um and they're kind of doing it in two tracks. One is a, a vets and nurses course and the other is a receptionist course. Again, I think this is a great idea. Uh, the vets and nurses course is, is six modules and the receptionist one is, is four modules. Um, and it's about nine hours worth of CPD, which you can spread out over up to three months and you end up with a, a certificate and a badge that you can wear at the end to show that you're a cat-friendly um, vet or a vet nurse. Um, so the modules range from understanding where cats are from, their behaviours, how to improve handling so that it is more stress-free, um, how to be more cat-friendly in your practice, um, and importantly, probably a really overlooked area, is communicating with your client about um, this. So I think those are really interesting courses, and um, that's something I certainly probably will be having a look at. Um, also with the awards this week is your last chance to vote in the SIVA Animal Welfare Awards um, so if you know anyone who, who might be um, that you might want to nominate for this those awards are uh, closing on the 25th of January um, and in particular they're looking for uh, Vet of the Year and Vet Nurse of the Year um, all looking at the animal welfare side of things um, and also um, one of the awards is outstanding contribution to animal welfare so if you can think of anyone who fits the bill for that have a little look on 
uh, the website for Siva Animal Welfare Awards and you can find the, the application form there. Then last thing to uh, mention this week was um, a article from the, the mainstream press. So the Guardian ran a really interesting article this week on uh, rescuing street dogs from Romania. Um, and this one caught my eye as much because it's something I've noticed in my clinic. I've got um, a client who has rescued, um, I think it's about four cats that he's rescued from Cyprus. Um, and I've had another couple of clients who've rescued dogs from, uh, Romania. Um, they've not always really thought about it beforehand. Um, but inevitably they've come with very sorry pictures to start with. And, um, and so it makes for you know, a real appealing pull when you're looking to, to rescue a pet. Um, so I think that article is really interesting to have a, a read. Um, in particular, noting that um, with the Romania story, uh, there was practically no, no dogs imported in 2013, whereas there was over 15,000 um, imported uh, in 2018. Now, that statistic includes commercially bred puppies rather than just pure rescue cases. Um, but I think it gives an indication of how um, the movement of dogs from Eastern Europe to the UK is, is a genuine issue uh, for us at the moment. Um, interesting, it includes views from the Dogs Trust, uh, which certainly recommends that we encourage uh rescuing UK dogs first there's still so much need within the UK there um, that spending a huge amount of time money and effort bringing dogs in from from Romania could be better spent in uh, neutering schemes or um, looking at assisting the UK dogs that need help first um, and then behavioralist Ingrid Haskell uh, is also quoted in the article and she discusses some of the behavior problems that she's seen with a few of the uh, Romanian dogs. Obviously, by no means all. But again, a lot of these dogs, if they've been on the streets, they won't have been fully socialized and won't be used to the, the environment that uh, a pet dog has to cope with in the UK. Um, and so her opinion is 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 really interesting read. So uh, that's a good one to check out this week um if you're looking for something to get your teeth into a little bit um so that's a bit of a roundup from this week's news in the veterinary world um hopefully i'll touch in next week and provide a bit more of an update from next week okay thanks very much take care and speak next week